Hey, how's my audio sound, by the way? Sounds right. Fantastic. I sh- should have said that before I press record, but that's how we go. So, uh, <laughs> she says, I look like my girlfriend just said I look like Richard Nixon. So, this all, this all works out. So, yeah, me, me ranting into a tape recorder. You know, soon to be screaming epithets. You know, this is perfect. Yeah, this is, this is I am not a crook. Yeah. I am not a crook. <laughs> I mean, did Richard Nixon? Did he, did he ever look? I mean, I felt like he always looked old. I mean, I mean you know, like, was there ever a young Nixon? If you look, if you watch the Oliver Stone movie, hypothetically, but even as a even as an eighteen-year-old, he looked like thirty-five, probably because he was actually played by a thirty-five-year-old. That's how it was in the in, in the uh, in the uh, hard west. But <laughs> how old was JFK? He was only I mean he was like thirty, right? I think I think late thirties, maybe early forties, late thirties, I think. Yeah. You know what's oh, great? God. Let's start talking about a podcast. And be like, hey, when was Richard Nixon? And how old was he? And you know, remember when JFK was still alive and how old he was? You got since people might you know on the perchance that people are actually still staying staying tuned in yeah. after all this shit. Um, <laughs> I would recommend the movie Secret Honor, which is an amazing. It, it Honor. is a movie okay. that's like a one act play. It was directed by Robert Altman. Um, oh, Robert Altman. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. And I forget who the actor was who played Richard Nixon, but it's basically him in the last days of the White House. And it's him literally like having all cameras turned on him and speaking into a tape recorder and just like doing an all confession of like everything, you know, and he's just he's I think he's continuing to get drunk. And he's continued to just like name names and like, you know, stuff that couldn't be proven. But yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the craziest thing is that he has a picture of like, Henry Kissinger in his office, yeah. which is a strange thing to have in your office. He doesn't have a picture of his wife, I don't think. But um, he <laughs> at one point he's so angry. He's like, hey, did you know the Shah of Iran was a bigger boy lover than you know who? <laughs> and like, and his hands right to Kissinger. So it's like, <laughs> Wait, isn't Henry Kissinger alive still? He is. <laughs> I, I, I read a book of his that was called AI in the Future, and I'm pretty sure it was written by an AI. It was like the the worst worst book ever. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad book, but it was Henry Kissinger's AI in the Future, and I'm like, I'm reading it through. I'm like, hold on. Isn't this guy like 100? I mean, he's Kissinger, old, right? Yeah, yes. Uh, Kissinger's memos... I remember there was an excerpt from his book. It was around the same time as the Monica Lewinsky scandal that uh, Kissinger came out with his book on the post Nixon years or yeah. just, just the ending of the Nixon years and going into Ford, you know, which uh, must've been engaging reading, but he, he had a one point, <laughs> it was an excerpt on Newsweek. And at one point he goes, uh, you know, the, the idea of like Nixon, like talking into a tape recorder and just blabbering on drunk is totally false because he couldn't control his liquor. So he wouldn't do that. It's like, okay, so saying, the reason, you know, him, him talk, him ranting and losing control drinking is, unreal because is not realistic because when he drinks he loses control like i i yeah yeah, yeah. it was I, I can't believe my books don't sell and his thing got like tr- probably like five million for the for the fucking ford years or the ford year or whatever it was well, well maybe roger stone could tattoo you on him like, yeah, like you, you tattooed richard nixon on on it. he really likes richard nixon so much that he tattooed him on his like back if that's not the creepiest tattoo I've ever had, I mean, ever had. Sorry, I just let I just let too much of him out. Yes, I have a Richard Nixon yeah. tattoo. 
I have, I have, an, I have, an, I have a tattoo of of Kissinger on my uh, back shoulder, back shoulder. Yeah, left. Uh, anyway, <laughs> no, no regrets. All right. <laughs> anyway, this this uh, is the last week's oddball, or two weeks ago oddball tonight, or whatever the whatever the hell. Uh, this is the week leading up to New Year. So, yep, yep. Much like my finances, my to do list, my bucket list, I have not gone through my 2022 shit. So, why should the oddball podcast be any different? Right. <laughs> so let's go through December 27th. So no, we should say, Chad. So it's like it's like almost like this is like a New Year's party, yeah. Like 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 a work New Year's party. It's like you know what I mean. Like you know how they they have Christmas parties like in February for 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 for, for uh, you know for celebrations for January. Yeah. It's like we can't we can't do it right now. So you know let's let's Patricia have a party. Carrigan, my, Patricia Carrigan, the poet, is actually uh, having her Christmas party like on Martin Luther King Day. I almost like that better, but. Uh... Does she know yeah, that we, we interviewed her or that we talked about her last week? Does she we know? We talked that? about her a couple of times. Yeah, she was she was part of the Christmas wars, but yeah, yeah. due to travel and weather, she had to uh, wait until Martin Luther King Day. Oh, okay. But, so yeah, all right. So okay. so here we go. We got. Uh, and I should oh, also say it starts from the twenty sixth to the to the thirtieth. Uh, it's not the twenty seventh to the thirtieth. We, oh, we right. start right on Boxing Day and keep on going. Um, this is like a New Year's party, except our expectations are much more measured. Uh, anyway, yeah. you know, much more realistic. Yeah. <laughs> My resolution is get through this podcast. <laughs> and how's that working out for you so far, sir? <laughs> well, I just said I have a tattoo of Richard Nixon on my back, and we haven't even started yet. So, exactly. Anyway, all right. Um, the Secrets of Skinny People, thanks. Okay. Um, all right, so it sounds like uh, it's uh, – here we go. Hi. Hi. You know, you know, here at the Secrets of Skinny People, we like to make a lot of fun and get into a bunch of zany adventures. But, but during, during the holiday, holiday season, season, we are reminded of what is really important, and that is love, family, and the brotherhood of man. <laughs> oh, the sisterhood of women, am I right? Anywho, we just want to say thanks for a year of laughter, love, and the spirit of giving. Ha ha, that's right. So while you're sitting under the Christmas tree this morning, remember to check in with your friends, relatives, and neighbors. Make sure they're okay. Yeah, like really, make sure they're okay. Like they that they are not, that they are definitely not tied up in wrapping paper and getting force-fed smallpox by a revenge-seeking self-made robot. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> I don't want to describe what the comic is. Uh, I just go to oddballmagazine.com yeah. and Feast your eyes on it. Uh, the story does continue into 2023, and uh, yeah, I think I said the last trip of uh, the last trip ever, and someone actually responded on Facebook with like a tear, with like a, a sad emoji. I'm like, no, 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 it, it's okay, it's okay. Oh yeah. Um. So uh, yeah. Uh, if if you're on the YouTube, you can see what what we're talking about. But if not, then um. You are gonna if have not, to... then you missed uh Jason Wright's tattoo of Nixon. <laughs> yeah, I'm showing it right now. Right I'm in, not a tramp stamp. Yeah. <laughs> not a tramp stamp. Oh, that's so funny. Um and, and happy belated uh, boxing day or happy punching boxing day, punchy boxing day from Ann Scove, she whose laughs last. Uh she took the Monday off as uh, most of our sane people should, even though oddball somehow continues three hundred and thousand twelve days a week <laughs> a day, yeah twelve days a year eight <laughs> days a week you know exactly um yeah but 
I thought maybe it'd be a good time to actually talk about Boxing Day and the relevance of it in history. So in no, case you sure. don't know. I read about Boxing Day the week this came out, and I completely forgot about it again. So well, let's just say more. maybe I watched a two-and-a-half-minute YouTube video, so I know everything there is about Boxing Day. Okay. So anyway, Boxing Day, back in the day. Uh, so Boxing Day can mean two things. Uh, the box of, uh, of like, a, a Salvation Army box, like alms for the poor. So... Uh, Boxing Day was the day that the uh, workers got got the day off. It's basically the common man's holiday in in Europe, uh, in England specifically, because, uh, or I don't know, maybe not specifically. Don't say specifically for anything because you're, you know, whatever, you know. Um, but what I'm getting at is uh, specifically saying that uh, because. They would not work. They would work on the day of Christmas, and Christmas was considered a day for like Scrooge, you know, you know, Ebenezer to have the day. The common man would get Boxing Day off, and what Boxing Day actually is is like a Christmas part two, where you get gifts. And so, what I'm saying is, I, I mean, I, I I appreciate Boxing Day, and I'd like to have it in this in this uh, this country, but it's actually a, a European holiday, or at least specifically British. I guess one was Canadian. Well, thank you for educating me again. I'll probably forget again, but... <laughs> I mean, I, I might be wrong. I might absolutely be wrong. If you're listening and you... Uh, I hope you are. Um, please debunk my Boxing Day uh, thing, because I only watched like like an hour, a minute and a half of, of Boxing Day, because I was curious to see what it was. But anyway... Um, Two-hour she... video. <laughs> Two-hour video, and I couldn't even... Make... Don't even have the cliff notes for it. But anyway, um, so Ann Scove took the took the week off, and uh, it was a punchy Boxing Day, and we move on to. And I observed it by saying, telling everyone else, "Dude, where's my fucking column?" Yeah, right. Dude, <laughs> where's my column? <laughs> exactly. Which is actually a great name for a column. If anyone is out there thinking of like, what would we like? What would be a column that you completely hijack for Oddball and be like, "Dude, where's my column?" But it's just like a completely random ass column. Maybe we should talk about that. Here I am drinking my big jug of water again. Um, I'm having pasta, so you're forgiven. All right, so um, we have uh, oddball stories with Oscar Gonzalez. Um, and... I, I had something that was almost anti-religious in reaction to Christmas, and I, I have to, I have to. That's my editorial sense of humor working here, but uh, it was, it was a funny little story from. Uh, Mr. Gonzalez, so I did appreciate it. It was a story of uh, of resilience and defiance in the eyes of of a a, 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 a school a school kid and Father Thomas skipping on past, and that's that's what we're talking about here. Dodging all the Father Thomases of the world. I think it's really uh, I mean, <laughs> in which case, his Father Thomas was the actual Father Thomas. It sounds like Father Thomas was kind of a dick. And, and oh, that's what it sounds like. I will bust your knuckles. All right. Anyway. Um, so, you have any, uh, you have any comments on Oscar Gonzalez? Oh, wait, should we shall see who Oscar Gonzalez? Uh, he lives in Texas. You know, do you know anything else about Oscar Gonzalez? Is rather this is the first timer. Right? A lot of uh, people who submit to oddball stories are first timers for us. And, uh, I have to say this year has been no exception. I think there's only been one other author that we published more than once uh, before publishing them as uh, part of Oddball Stories. Yeah. 
I guess what I like about oddball stories is that we take the the um it's it's nonfiction, right? I mean, most of the stuff is yeah. our people's lived experience, and I love the fact that you know people can write about that. And some of it's uh, some of some of the stories that come through oddball stories is awesome. So if you are a uh, a memoir writer and you want to uh, dip your toes in uh, in memoir writing and see what how it sticks in uh, oddball magazines, send our stuff to oddball stories. It's really good stuff. All right, let's see what do we got here next. Okay, poem by E.C. Gannon. Photography by Jennifer Matthews. I want you to read your piece, so I will. Um, I'll read this. I'll read, I don't know if I should read the first piece, the first part, or just the whole thing. This might be a short one. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do a partial list, but this is uh, the working at the Party City Blues. It's all. It just seems to be all hearsay from the customers. These balloons won't blow themselves. You clown. Really? Someone's buying funeral candles and you're bitching about your being unlovable. Think of all the suffering in the world. So what if you're lonely? This phosphorescent void of something adjacent to happiness filled with off-brand cartoon cutlery rights cost too much money. And mildly inappropriate bachelor party games should be enough. Shouldn't it? It pays the bills. Oh, haven't you heard? Have you heard the assistant manager the one without the tattoos is going down, 15 to 20 from the child pornography. He always struck me as odd. Can you cover his shifts? What? No, we can't pay you more. If the price of balloons go up, no one will ever host a party again. Don't you understand? Lord help you, it never ends. Wow. I would. I, I admit wow. to be having a bias of being anti-festivist. <laughs> After all the festivists of Christmas, I just figured we'd come down from the high... I didn't intentionally do this, but it just seemed like the poems came together, and I'm like, I have something perfect for this. And the crazy ribbons from from Jennifer Matthews just seemed to fit perfectly. But yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Jesus. but like, I mean, that's a conversation I had at Party City. No wonder why that 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 stock is like a like thirty cents right now. If you're buying, they're there. If you're a hedge fund manager. Go get them, because Party yeah. City's on the way out. Probably because of their assistant manager. Yeah, <laughs> uh, EC Gannon was Still born in Boston. Still doing better than GameStop. I know. I, I think they're. I think Gannon. Oh, well, anyway. EC Gannon was born in Boston, grew up in Southern New Hampshire, and is currently a student at Florida State University. Um, poet photographer Jennifer Matthews poetry has been pub. Oh, okay. Okay, this is interesting. I didn't know this. Uh, published in Nepal by Penn Himalaya. And locally by the Wilderness Retreat Writers Organization, Midway Journal, the Somerville Times, Ibison Street Press. Everywhere. Yeah, but but you know what's interesting is published in Nepal by Penn Himalaya, and that's why I was gonna say like your uh, your your pairing didn't really make sense because this is like isn't this like a like a Himalayan like a like a a Buddhist thing or something like uh, I just saw the streamers in the winter and it just like it didn't seem to make sense. <laughs> so it seemed like someone partying too hard. <laughs> you know that that was my logical stretch as I as I paired this up. I mean, I wonder where she took this picture because, like, this is where they put this is where they uh, take pictures where uh, this is where this is where the camps are when they 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 climb Mount Everest and stuff. So, yeah. I'd like to know where this picture was taken. So, Je- uh, uh, if you can communicate with Jennifer, I'd love to know where this picture was taken. I'll I'll drop her a link. I don't always know. Oh, uh, your arm, your prose, your letters. Okay, so your this turn. one. 
So this one is not a very good poem. I'm just going to say that right here. But uh, I'm going to start off uh, by saying uh, (laughs) your arm, your prose, your letters. You call yourself a writer. You tattooed your arm with prose. You believe you can be better, but can't get past your poems. You live inside your letters, your truth inside the spaces. Left behind a life in lowercase for uppercase failure. So, um, I was. I have nothing to add because you just, you just like, you just shot down your own piece. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm not going down in flames with you. (laughs) All right, why do you like? Do you like this poem? I I thought it was short and pretty succinct, and but I, I, I wouldn't have. I just wouldn't have like shot my down my own work, and uh, even if I did hate it, I, I wouldn't do that. I'd be Chad, like, I, I do that. I do that with all my stuff. You know that. You know. Like, I'd, be on a, I'd be on the balloon while you're going down the ship. I'm like, can't help you, but come <laughs> up with that. So I, I, I guess I don't like the last line because I feel like it. <clears throat> you left behind a life in lowercase for uppercase failure. I don't know if I know what. I, I just think I was just feeling like a failure when I was writing my poetry, and and you know I do have. Way, whenever you do a, a stretch of poems, and you get the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> actually, actually, this was my first one. This was the first one I wrote. This oh. is the first one I wrote, and then after that. Oh, this is the first in a new manuscript. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the first oh, one in, in a new manuscript. So right. I I actually read wrote this one. And then I think the next one I wrote was called Rembrandt, uh, which is yes, a little and, Yeah, which is, see, see the next episode whenever it comes up. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. And, um, and then I also put on music halfway through um, <laughs> my, my poetry, which makes it in longer length um, immediately because I try and um, follow the rhythm of the music. But I mean, I, I think anyone can kind of relate to this as, as a poet who, uh, you know, you call yourself a writer and you know, you believe you can be better, but can't get past your poems. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's a self-critical writer on this Zoom call. <laughs> I, just, I just haven't seen anyone during a Zoom call go full Alec Baldwin on his own poem. <laughs> Christian Bale. More like, you're in my life. <laughs> Whose poem is it? Fuck you. That's my poem. That's like, my... <laughs> we are acting. We are actors. We are acting. Always A, always B, C, B, C. No, A, A, always B, B, C. Uh, You're unprofessional. We are actors. We are acting. You're in my light. All right. (laughs) All right. Now we got poem by Nana L. Avery. Always be Sinquaining. Always be Sinquaining. Anyway. All right. You want to read this one? (laughs) You can. Yeah, that's... always be sinquaining. I couldn't think of another poetry term that ended with C. I could do always be quatraining, but that would be uh, cheating. But uh, always, be <laughs> always be cheating. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Dear Lord. All right. All right so now we're on December twenty eighth. 2022. This is short enough. I did choose short ones too for this week because I figured it was a vacation week. Because everyone, everyone's, uh, everyone's um, either hungover or getting ready to be hungover or yeah. wanting to be. Journey of a wagon. 
journey of a wagon, pulled by verbs, filled with nouns, traveling over adjectives, will of the adverb, interrupted by commas, stopped by periods, interrogated by question marks, escaped with exclamation marks, finally sentenced. Wow, very clever. Props to Mr. Bowie, Mr. Glenn Bowie for the photography. I couldn't find a wagon, but oh, I, I get it. I figure I figure a fence would be derailed by a rut wagon of this kind of crazy caliber. <laughs> yep, yep. Journey of a wagon, pulled by verbs, verbs are action, filled with nouns, traveling over adjectives, will of the adverb, interrupted by commas. Stopped by periods, interrogated by question marks, escaped with exclamation marks, finally sentenced. You know, no punctuation. So, uh, interesting. It goes on. Her name is Avery, and her nickname is a palindrome. She is an excellent dart player, international film enthusiast, and eats ice cream every night before bed. (laughs) I like her. She has, has Netta L. Avery great star pages before? I mean, Glenn Bowie sure is. Uh, I mean, Glenn Bowie is, is, if you remember last last podcast. This is Nanette's first time. Oh, well, welcome, Nanette. Uh, as, far as, I, as far as I know, yes. Very good poem. Um, you know, uh, you know, I like it. Her nickname is a palindrome. So maybe we'll, we'll talk to Nanette about that. And what is your palindrome, Nanette? But Glenn Bowie, you know. Longtime poet, musician, photographer. He's been with us for a long time. Elevator maker, glass elevator builder. You can see his work in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Really? Really? Yes. Wow, that's cool. All right, moving on. We have. We have. It's all one thing. Nope, we got a poem by Tim DeGager. I love Tim DeGager. Let's see. Is this... Sorry, Timmy. Yes, uh, Tim- Timothy Gager, Oddball board member, a uh, uh, longtime Oddball contributing poet even before this. Yeah, yeah. Sh- uh, shared bathroom at the Oceanic Hotel. I'll let you tackle this one if and you like. Okay, here we go. <laughs> here, here's a looks to be a picture of the Oceanic Hotel. Spider Correct. over this. Also by Timothy Gager. Sorry. Also, oh, photography also by Timothy Gager. So this is nice. And the little moon right there. A nice shot. Shared bathroom at the Oceanic Hotel. Spider over the sink in a bathroom. Webb was a giant ghost of the past where I once crushed spiders in my bare hands, batted them to the ground, crunched under my right converse high top. My mother told me that spiders were reincarnated from someone we loved, a miracle in ways unknown to grasp. That span over a sink is spread two feet across. Queen in the middle, her body of work inches above my sight lines. I'd never notice until the days I had to duck. Tim Tim Gager, Timothy Gager, has published 18 books of fiction. He's had over 1,000 works of fiction and poetry published, 17 nominated for the Pushcart Prize. His work also has been twice nominated for the Massachusetts Book Award, The Best of the Web, The Best Small Fictions Anthology, and has been read on National Public Radio. And if you are really want to dive into Tim's work, he has a brand new book. He had he yeah. had the book Twenty Twenty Poems, um, and now he has the other book, um, Joe the Salamander. 
And if you actually want to uh, show Tim some love, give him a fucking push card already. Come on, he's had more nominations and losses than Martin Scorsese. This is not right. Come Hello, on. right? Oh, we got. Card. We have a comment. Should I? I'm gonna click on the comment. I don't know if it's. Uh, oh. Ah, oh, nicely nice done, John Stickney. Thank you. Thank you, John I get, Stickney. I, I get scared. I don't read the comments anymore. Oh, <laughs> uh, look, a poem. Remember, remember Blaine. This is a poem by Timothy Gager. Gager Other recommendations. Yeah. Well, Blaine Hebel. Yeah, so at the end of at the end of every every uh, at the end of the if you scroll down to the end you see so this this is a cool picture I think this was taken by TJ that's an old poem either uh, TJ or uh, what's her name uh, oh Allie Goldmeyer took it yes one of those two and um, yeah Timothy Timothy Gager I, I call him Tim but Timothy has been in uh, I guess his pen name is Timothy he's been in here been in oddball a bazillion times and. I mean, if you look like these, this is, this is like ten years ago, right? So, Blaine Hebel, this is when Blaine Hebel passed away. Uh, rest in peace, Blaine. You, Blaine was a dyna- dynamic poet. Um, he died like last year, right, Chad? Maybe two years ago. But he was a good poet. Um, late December, I believe. Late December of 2020 of COVID. No, 2022. Oh, 2022. Just last I year. I believe so. Oh, no, wait. Couldn't. No, I think it was actually 2021 because he, uh, yes, because then the, when the release party came, he wasn't able to read for Reimagine America. Yeah. What is Reimagine America? What was that? What was that? that was an anthology come up that was put out by Vagabond Press. Uh, Mark Lipman edited it. And I was one of the people who, who was able to join, who was able to contribute work, as was uh, Blaine Hebel. I think that was the last publication he ever sent to. Uh-huh. He was a great poet. I loved his style of writing. Um, it's all one thing with James Van Loy. We are coming down to Thursday by now, so um, this is. And I'll just do an excerpt here. Yeah, do do an expert. It's called uh, "On to Crimea." There already was a Crimean War, of course. 1853 to 56, Ottoman Empire, propped up by England and France, a faltering stance. Twittering old man who finally collapsed in World War One, Axis of Germany and Austro-Hungary. When those empires all went down, but back in the 1950s, Crimean War, there was, as today, a Baltic battleground. Just like today of Nordstrom attack, with Russian ships bottled up in their ports, besieged, protected by guns on walls, Russia was so humiliated by their defeat that they undertook a massive program of industrial-scale growth that became the revolution of 1917, a manufacturing system that made the military might that tore the guts right out of Hitler's Blitzkrieg, so we've heard over and over again and again about Chamberlain's appeasement of Munich, and Hitler keeps on coming back as nationalists this and that leave it from there yeah because it does that yeah. pretty strongly yeah uh history lesson courtesy of mr van loy you know what i love about james van loy is uh his uh just his stance on history and i think that uh on politics and and i i i, I um i just really like his uh perspective on uh, he's 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 never been quite satisfied with the pol- politics of of the world, I would say. And he always yeah. writes about it. 
If you read one to if you read one to all the way to 465, well, first you'll see that we repeated ourselves once or twice. Sorry, but B, we also uh, you also see that the poems do flow as almost like a single narrative because he yeah. does write these as kind of like stream of consciousness, but also very well, you know, embedded in history and the story of what he's trying to say. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I think if you were to read all of It's All One Thing, you would have a very good understanding of not only James Van Loy's perspective, but also on all things that are uh, politics, war-related, um, anything that's corruption. It's all kind of in, all in here. And it's kind of nice that it's on Thursday. And then on Friday, we have Bruce Wise, which is like another history lesson. Yes, so, you know it's it is. But before really that, before that, we have Janet Cormier. I'll let you take no this more. one. All right. So she has been on a roll lately, Chad. I, I have to say that I've really liked the last couple of pieces. Her last piece for, uh, for um, it wasn't for the Christmas wars, Christmas wars per se, but it was really related to Christmas and. Uh, yeah, that was a nice poem, and um, I really enjoyed listening to it. And um, if you if you are noticing um, with our with our uh, with the YouTube, we're putting uh, a lot of care into the YouTubes, uh, and uh, you know, and then it plays out as a podcast. So if you like what we're doing on YouTube, check it out. Leave a leave a like, leave a comment. Um, if you like what we're doing on the podcast, leave a like, leave a comment. Um, and uh, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, let us know if we're on the right page here with what we're doing with the podcast. So, uh, my heaven. Annoying voice from within disrupts sleep, taunts me to choose between path well-traveled or universe unexplored, challenges me to wander into places that ignite spirit with more haunting questions, reshapes dreams with possibilities, pushes forward even as I fight against it, that force that took me from familiar, away from roads well-traveled, into a world of unexplored, universes, infinite possibilities, this be my heaven. Chad, what are your initial thoughts on, on Janet's poem? I think it has its I, I I think it's definitely it definitely worked as a year end, as a year mm -hmm. ender. Yeah. I think she instinctively knows, like he is, keeps track of like of the time. Mm. And then, and and just is able to uh, kind of write to her own ebb and flow as a person going through a year or going through even longer stuff. Yeah. Um, now, do you receive a whole bunch of poems at once? By because I never see the contributors, Janet or James Van Lloyd, so I never see their stuff. I get they... them mostly as a, on a weekly basis now. Really, really, okay. Yeah. Cool. cool. Very rarely um, get ahead these days. So what I love about this poem is it's definitely like. The thoughts you would have before trying to go to sleep, uh, mm -hmm. definitely like a, like a dream dream escape kind of thing happening, and you can tell that she's deeply spiritual or at least into the cosmos and stuff. And uh, pretty cool poem. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I can relate to it as someone who's you know trying to find sleep and your mind goes all over the place, and she says, "That's my heaven." That's that's nice. All right. And now we have Bruce Wise. <laughs> I leave this to you. Okay, all right. 
Um, <laughs> where, where he's is your boy? He's your boy. He, he is my boy. He's my boy. I, 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 uh, I, your boy stable. I know, right? I mean, <laughs> you have to rein him in every once in a while, but I let him go. I let him, I let him put down 30 poems if he could. I, I haven't reined him in in years. You stop fact checking him after a while. Like, I think, well, I, I, I've been, I, well, I still do that, but he I, hasn't, uh, have you ever actually had to edit one of his pieces before? Because I'm pretty sure he's like a, he's a pristine editor. Well, aside from like some spelling errors here and there that aren't intentional, like F A V O U R instead of favor, you know, but, it's, it's pretty it's pretty clean. But if he says F A V O U R, you know, because I don't know where Bruce Wise is from. He's from parts unknown, so he I could be he's from old England. He's from jolly old England. Is he from England? No, I doubt it. He's probably from like Medford, and I just have never met him. All right, let's. He always starts with a couple haikus. Yep. And then he goes into a newsreel. Talk a little yogi, yogi bearings. He's talking about yoga. Newsreel. Now he talks about the origin of the Carol of the Bells. I might come back to that one. Another newsreel. Might as well. It's holiday cheery enough. You should I read it? Yeah, I think so. Because I want to know about the Carol of the Bells. I there love that go. song. Let's have you do this one. And you know what I'm going to put under under this one? What's that? All Lang Syne, of course. Oh. Carol of the Bells, The Christmas Wars a Century Ago by Waldy Bercuse. The Carol of the Bells, a well-known Christmas melody, a song based on the Ukrainian folk chant that's called Shudrik. Oh, little swallows soar through air and wing in the new year. One hears them singing in the evening, bountiful and clear. The rhythm, hemiola, like bells ringing, clattering. A chant based on an ostinato four-note patterning associated with the Feast of the Epiphany. So left by Russia's communists to die by slow degree. A fitting dirge for the Ukrainian Leontovich, killed by a Russian agent back in 1920. Weldy Berkus is a poet of Slavic music, Ukrainian modernist composer and musicologist Nikola Leontovich, 1877-1921, was murdered by the Russian communists before he and his family could escape from his country. He would never learn what became of his arrangement. I had no idea that that's what that song... And that's, and that's the holiday chair I was talking about, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Hark, hear the bells, sweet silver bells. You know, like... In a way, that's a perfect way to end 2022. In 2023, <laughs> two weeks in, with Oddball and this Oddball podcast. With the Ukrainian Leontovich killed by a Russian agent back in 1921. So if you're wondering who killed Ukrainian Leontovich, it was a Russian agent back in 1921. The Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Denver Broncos. Okay, 1991 Denver Broncos. Let's see. Let's see. Sometimes he writes. I'm just gonna check. Sitting on a curb at 25 degrees. Mode of transportation. That sounds like a pretty cool one. The trooper. He felt like hell. The Twitter flies. All right, I'm gonna read this one. Wait. The Twitter files. I think is what it says. Or is it Twitter flies? Twitter flies. Oh, it is the Twitter flies. My bad. Go ahead. The Twitter Flies by Eska Wee Builder. The Twitter Flies are old news, cod sewer bile. 
The FBI paid Twitter to process all their requests, more than $3 million so to work at their behest. At Twitter, many former FBI employees worked and made a secret channel to onboard new feds accrued. The Twitter leadership got rid in convenient truths because they didn't want them on the platform, no forsooth. And Twitter's many propaganda people were at pains to aid the Pentagon's covert online PSYOP campaigns. Executives from Twitter had been pressured to locate misinformation from the Russians, even if half-baked. And Twitter interfered in 2020 censoring to ban all Hunter Biden laptop story mentioning. But also, as with Twitter, this crazed governmentia had been in contact with each corporate social media. And Twitter didn't ban this once these deep fake images is still deleted unlike individuals. Oh yes, the Twitter flies flew all around their giant Trojan horse and this has been known from some time. It is par for the course. The Twitter BS then so thick could anybody think that most of what they thought they wrought did anything but stink? I feel like I just read a secret document I wasn't supposed to read out loud. <laughs> Hashtag Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if me and Chad go missing, you know why. Yeah, like the Falcons. All right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Before we go, I do want to say that if you go on YouTube and you uh, look up Secret Honor full movie, it is there is actually a full movie there. All right, let's do it. Because I don't even know if the Criterion Collection has this one. I don't know if it's, I don't know, I don't know how well all the Altman Library has been kept over the last few years. And this isn't exactly a high octane movie that you'd see on like streaming networks, but. So, so, what, so this is a callback. This is what you call a callback. Yes, this is a callback to your Nixon tattoo. It's it's a and tramp stamp Nixon, of Nixon. And, and a small little instance of a Nixon five o'clock shadow at the bottom of your chin. Yeah, it looks like Harlequin ice cream. I don't I don't love it. I don't know why it looks like this. I don't know. I'm shaving right after this podcast. What's up with that? But anyway, yeah. Um, like you, yeah, I don't know. So anyway, what, what do we got here, J- Chad? Oh, I was just checking. I, I'm I'm not going to spoil Secret Honor for you, but you should definitely check it out. The actor who plays Nixon is Philip Baker Hall, which is not exactly a full-fledged Nixon lookalike, but he does an amazing job of just like posting as a socially awkward man who has, you know, maybe more than a few homicidal tendencies <laughs> and a lot of thoughts. <laughs> it's, it's pretty amazing. Like he starts out just like uh, testing, testing, uh, testing one, two, three. Uh, uh, four. Anyway, it it just becomes more unhinged and more un, and more uh, and just more full stop. Yeah, you know, no 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 stops by the end of the movie. It's worth. It's a. It's an hour and a half, I believe. Let me check. Uh, yeah, it's about a full. It's about an hour and thirty minutes, and it. Uh, it's it's strange. Not a lot of people like it. Like I said, it's slow, but it's um, if you're obsessed with Nixon history at this time. And what was going on and what was happening um, with everything from Iran to what have you to it's it's to to Kissinger to do you know who as he puts it in the movie? <laughs> um, then I think you'll I think you'll enjoy it very much. It's definitely for buffs. Definitely for buffs. Yeah, uh, Chad, what's your uh, what's your New Year's resolution? You got one uh, to get more than one other person, get one extra person on my Patreon. All right. <laughs> To double right. my Patreon, essentially, which means there'll be two people, but there'll be two passionate people, and I can actually work on that. Hopefully, that'll happen. Check out my Patreon, and I'm, which is linked in this YouTube, right below this YouTube link. 
That's yep. my little blackmail to Jason. Otherwise, he's going to have to edit this shit even more. <laughs> so, Atlanta Falcons. Right, exactly. Right, right. <laughs> Thank you to my friend, Mr. Black. From Mr. Black. Black. <laughs> yes. When I, so, when by I, all means, uh, check yeah. out my Patreon. Check out uh, the Stone Sleep website. To, uh, two weeks from now, this is, this is technically yeah. December 26th. So two weeks from now, in January 11th, we will have David P. Miller featuring uh, live in well live in person. I, I gotta keep my new resolutions to stop saying live when I describe Stone Soup because whenever I say live, <laughs> I would say it to imply that it was like in person. But the thing is, when I record, we're live. You know, so right, right, like, right. When we're doing a stream, we're live. So, so maybe to, maybe you can say that. streaming, streaming, because like you know, like yeah. there's streaming services, like like very Paramount. True. You're very much like Paramount. You're there. Like, you go. You're Stone life. Soup. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, this, this Wednesday, January 11th, in the time capsule, uh, David P. Miller will be featuring, and we have a lot more uh, great great features to announce and for the coming months, both online and in person. So stay tuned for that, and thank you guys very much. Yeah, it's been great, and technically we're one week behind. It's sure. almost like it's like it's like Running Man. Like we're trying to get there. Really. It'll be three weeks behind by the time you get this up. I know, I know right? <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want to meet on Tuesday, and we can get, we can invite, uh, we can see oh. if Jeffrey wants to do it. Yeah, could we do? Maybe we could do it at Atlanta Falcons. Let's do it at like yeah. seven. Let's do it at like seven. Does that work? Might it might work? But I'll uh, talk to Jeffrey before mm -hmm. we do anything. That would that would be at least fun to see if we can get some spoilers for the uh, secrets of skinny people. I've never interviewed. I've actually never interviewed him. I've known him for years. I've known him yeah. ever since 1996 when I first worked with him in uh, Milano's Italian Kitchen, which is a long extinct restaurant chain um, in Boston and California. And uh, I used to know him when he was drawing stuff on a napkin. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> and, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was, he, and he would just draw like Rob Liefeld, like esque nineties and carries look like look, looking superheroes just saying, get me, I'm on a napkin. It's how cool it's is humor. Jeffrey made me and you characters in, in secrets of skinny people. I'd be a little scared about that. I, yeah. <laughs> I know some of his autobiographical stand-ins once or twice, so I don't know if I don't know if I want to be killed off. I don't really? know if I want to know what he thinks of me. No, we, we, we could like fight the robot. We could like fight the robot together. We could be like form like Voltron. Oh, good lord! I don't know. He 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 also crosses unofficially with Rick Sanchez and Rick and Morty, so I don't know if I'd want to be vaporized. Right, 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 right. <laughs> That's true. See. And then also the the. The bird face thing that he did a while back too, he, he did like like seven weeks of the bird face thing. Wait, wait, what's the bird face? The bird face thing. He he was wearing the bird face of of the of uh, the uh oh is it oh what the hell is it is it the the this have you seen the Mike Myers movie that that they that they did called the Penta cost the Penta oh yeah yeah the, yeah Penta something. It's a pentagon, whatever. It was wicked funny though. It was wicked funny. But anyway, I don't think that's what it was. But maybe if we, when we meet Jeff, we can talk about it on that. Let's let's find out. Let's not yeah. bury ourselves even more. Even more. Let's get some yeah. questions uh, that we can surprise him with. Yeah. And I'll let him. Know. So uh, um, up as soon as he can. So this is the Oddball Show. Uh, we are we are uh, we are we are. we, we just we are. We, we are we just interviewed we just uh, reviewed December twenty. 26th to January 30th. 30th. And, uh, January 30th, don't we wish? January 30th, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, no. recorded, we, we recorded it, we, we reviewed everything from January 30th to 
2022 to now. So it's all compact in less than an hour. And that's how you do it at the Odd Show. So anyway, Chad, thanks for joining me. Um, hopefully our next guest will be Jeff Fallon, Jeffrey Fallon. Um, we, uh, there's uh, some good stuff to happen in the new year, you know, uh, in Oddball Magazine world. And There we go. Yeah, well, you have to stay tuned to find out. Chad, it's been real. We'll uh, see you uh, next week. Next time. <laughs> next time? Yes, next time. Yeah. Always say next time. And see you next time at the Oddball Show, the week that was. everyone it's kayla from the oddball foundation if you enjoyed this episode please leave us a review on your platform of choice if you want to learn more about our mission please visit us at www.oddballmagazine.com thanks for listening